Access Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, DC turns its attentions to kid tech and Elon Musk hits the stand. But first, the future of free trade. So when President Trump isn't tweeting about how Democrats are engaged in a witch hunt against him, he's tweeting about how Democrats are refusing to pass something called the USMCA, a giant trade bill with Mexico and Canada that's designed to replace NAFTA. So three things to know about the USMCA. First, Trump is right about Democrats refusing to pass it, at least so far. Nancy Pelosi has indicated a willingness to eventually bring a vote, but first has been engaged in months and months of negotiations with the White House over increasing the agreement's environmental and labor enforcement provisions. And then yesterday, she added a request that a clause about extending U.S. online content protections be stripped from the final bill, in part because she might want to have them repealed stateside as well. Number two, what Trump doesn't mention is that Mexico is also balking a bit. Yeah, the Mexican Senate voted to ratify USMCA over the summer, but in Mexico, that was more a starting point than an end point, and it is concerned particularly about some of the changes requested by Democrats. Number three, USMCA is long with lots of provisions, but like NAFTA, it's mostly about ensuring the free flow of goods between the three countries. Big changes from NAFTA are rules around autos, particularly in terms of minimum wages for workers and the originating source of components, rules around dairy, with U.S. farmers getting more access to the Canadian market, and rules around intellectual property, including longer protections on branded drugs from generic competition. The bottom line here is that both political parties in the U.S. have incentives to get this done. Trump and Republicans, because it would be a big trade policy win amid ongoing trade troubles with China, and Democrats in Congress, because they need something other than than just impeachment to bring to voters in 2020. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Politico trade reporter Sabrina Rodriguez. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Sabrina Rodriguez, who covers trade for Politico. I think the perception in the U.S. is that all this deal is waiting for is a thumbs up from Nancy Pelosi. But this week, there's also been reporting that Mexico has its own objections. So let's begin there. What's holding things up specifically south of the border? Right now, it's been negotiations between the Trump administration and House Democrats for months. There's no deal that's sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. They have not sent her a text because they've been negotiating to make sure they can get the votes with Democrats. But before that, they need to make sure that Mexico is okay with these changes because a lot of the changes depend on whether Mexico is willing to, you know, further enforce the deal when it comes to labor. So it's kind of a chicken and the egg, right? They have to write something that they think Pelosi will accept, but they also have to write something they think Mexico will accept. It sounds silly to say, but who sees it first? In other words, who has to give it a sign off first? Is it Mexico or Congress or is it essentially this weird simultaneous sort of thing? Yeah, so it's kind of become a weird simultaneous thing. You know, Ambassador Lighthizer, the U.S. trade representative, he's the one that's leading the negotiations for the Trump administration. And he, you know, has been going back and forth at the same time to some extent. So he met with Democrats for a long time, knows exactly what they want in the agreement. So now is the part of going to Mexico and saying, okay, well, how much of that are you willing to do? How can we figure out a way that you'll accept this? 
given that we need Democrats to be on board. It's not really negotiable on that front. Obviously, there's been lots of changes. There's been talk about, but specifically, what are the big things from your perspective that have been changed to appease Democrats, which might not fly with Mexico? Well, Democrats had been, you know, they tried to narrow down their concerns so that they could really negotiate with Lighthizer. So their big thing has been enforcement of the agreement, labor and environmental standards, and then trying to make some changes that they think would make it easier for them to address prescription drug pricing. The majority of those have been easy ones. Canada, for example, has been always saying, okay, we'll work it out and we'll be fine with whatever you end up negotiating. With Mexico, the big concern is enforcement because they're worried that the U.S. is overstepping its bounds and is going to try and, you know, threaten Mexico's sovereignty by trying to send inspectors and trying to, you know, step into Mexico and tell them how they need to uphold labor standards. Is Mexico right? In other words, from your understanding, the way the agreement currently is structured, would there be U.S. inspectors who go to Mexican factories to confirm labor standards are being met? Well, that's one of the proposals that House Democrats have put out there. It's not for sure what the ultimate provisions will say. And, you know, that's what's being negotiated right now is what will be in writing. But Mexico, you know, that's one of the proposals in Mexico saying we obviously don't want Americans just coming into Mexico whenever to check in at factory, that that's not fair and that's not right. So they're trying to figure out a way that, you know, the U.S. can get what it wants in terms of making sure that Mexico raises its labor standards, but also without Mexico feeling that, you know, they got bullied into it. There's a tech angle to all of this in the agreements, which is specifically there are these uh, kind of these legal protections right now in the U.S., you know, uh, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever, there's these legal protections for them from user generated content. You know, you or I can tweet something terrible on Twitter and that's not a problem legally speaking for Twitter. And the original, at least USMCA was going to extend that both to Mexico and Canada. Nancy Pelosi is now pushing to strip that, I guess, in part because she wants to possibly repeal that here in the U.S. What's the current status of that? Is that expanded legal protection still in negotiations? It's actually interesting because it has not been part of the negotiations between House Democrats and Lighthizer. And it wasn't until actually yesterday that Pelosi came out and said, you know, this is something that I want eliminated from the agreement. So now that she's made this public ask, I mean, it's pretty expected that the administration will have to give in in eliminating it. You know, there's such a debate on Capitol Hill about whether to repeal it, what to do with it in the future. So a lot of Democrats have started talking about it and saying, you know, having this in a trade agreement would obviously limit our ability in the future if we do want to get rid of it. So right now, I mean, Pelosi having said it publicly and confirmed that this is something she wants gone, it's pretty telling that it's very likely that it will because the Trump administration really just wants to get this passed already. The Trump administration had thought this was going, the whole USMCA was going to be done a while ago over the summer. It's not. It's still in progress. Negotiations are ongoing this week. From your perspective, how much is the fact that these negotiations are still ongoing impacting America's inability to get a trade deal done with China, given that a lot of these negotiators, particularly Bob Lighthizer, are the same person? I know they could argue they walk and chew gum at the same time, but there's only so many hours in the day. Democrats have said, and I to some extent have to agree with it, of, you know, respect for Lighthizer for overseeing all these negotiations. You know, I always question his ability to, like, how does he deal with jet lag? (laughs) Because there has been a lot of cases of watching these negotiations unfold where he's flying back from China and then two hours later is in person with, you know, a Mexican ambassador to talk about 
USMCA. So part of the logistics have been complicated because of that. But I would say, you know, the negotiations were held back, not because of Ambassador Lighthizer, but have been held back to some extent because of Trump's own actions. So negotiations between Democrats and the Trump administration were supposed to have started months earlier this year. And one, because of the shutdown at the beginning of the year, and two, because of Trump's threat to impose tariffs on Mexico over immigration concerns. Those things really complicated them starting. Quick crystal ball gazing. Will this get done by year end? Yes or no? What's your best guess? No, at this point. Sabrina Rodriguez of Politico, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. My final two right after this. Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a coalition of 31 advocacy groups that today is pushing the Federal Trade Commission to focus on how digital media companies advertise to kids and collect their data. Specifically, they want the FTC to use its subpoena power to probe so-called kid tech companies as the agency thinks about updating children's online privacy rules, which it lasted in 2013. Axios' Margaret Harding McGill reports that possible subpoena targets could include Disney, Google, TikTok, and Twitch. And finally this morning, Elon Musk is currently on trial in Los Angeles for his infamous tweet. No, not the one about having Saudi money secured to take Tesla private. This is the other one, in which he called British cave diver Vernon Unsworth a pedophile. The case could go to jury as early as today, with Unsworth seeking more than 75000 in damages for defamation. One interesting note from Musk's own testimony on the stand was how he sort of cried poverty, claiming that the vast, vast majority of his fortune is tied up in illiquid SpaceX stock and kind of more liquid Tesla stock. Or as Musk said, quote, people think I have a lot of cash. I actually don't. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great International Ninja Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.